is up, everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Ballman's Breakdown. Mike Ballman with you here, as always, alive and in the flesh. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this. I really appreciate you guys checking out the show. As always, you can go online at ballmasbreakdown.podbean.com and listen to it from your computer. You can also download the Podbean app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. That's how you spell it, Pod and Bean. Put them together, you get Podbean. You can download that app on your iPhone or if you have an Android phone. And you can also download the show as well as past shows for free on iTunes. Subscribe on there. Rate it. Say you love it or you hate it. And you can also go to YouTube, just type in Bauman's Breakdown, the first 25 or 30 episodes or so, minus a couple of episodes because of my poor archiving skills at the time. Uh, You can go listen to those shows on YouTube as well if you type in Bauman's Breakdown. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and you can follow me on Facebook at Bauman's Breakdown on Facebook. And my personal website is MikeVBauman.com that has past stories that I've written over the years with Toledo Free Press. It's got my demo reel for broadcasting, all that fun stuff. So on that note, now that I got all the maintenance out of the way, I just want to say, how y'all doing? I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys are living the lives that you're imagining. And if not, I hope you're taking the steps to make those lives that you imagine become a reality. And this podcast has a lot to do with that today with with my awesome, awesome guest who I had an opportunity to talk to. And we, we could have talked for like an hour and a half or more because he was so cool. And that guy is Chris Brooks of Like a Storm out of Auckland, New Zealand. And they are now getting ready to embark on their first ever U.S. headlining tour starting here in November and it's going to be awesome. It's the Didgeridoo Destruction Tour, and it's going to be freaking incredible. Um, they're going to be on the road with From Ashes to New. They're going to be on the road with uh, Stitched Up Heart and also Failure Anthem. But uh, a really, really fun story, and I'll get into that in a second. I just want to take care of some other maintenance first. But um, basically, uh, there's going to be some changes. And for those of you who have been, who have been listening to the show for a really long time, first of all, thank you so much. As you guys know, a few years back, I I took a new job and kind of took a break from the podcast for a little while. Had a couple of episodes part and parcel. I am getting ready to move and relocate here uh, this week, actually. And uh, I fully am going to continue to do episodes. In the meantime, while I start my new job and get settled in a new city, it's the first time I've ever lived away from home. I've always been in my hometown or near my hometown of where I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. That's always kind of been the home base for me. And, you know, I had a a really good job opportunity in an awesome city where there's all kinds of music, which is going to be great for this podcast, I believe. And I'm really excited about that aspect of it. But I also have another really good job opportunity down there that I'm super excited about and and just really jazzed up about uh, getting to do. And it's going to be a big change for me initially. So while that's going down, I'm going to uh, post archived episodes, which there's all kinds of fun ones, just because I'm going to be learning a new job. And, and initially, I'm going to be staying with uh, with some great people who, who have been super vital. Without them, I, I wouldn't have this opportunity I'm going to have. So while I'm down there, initially, I, I will be posting 
episodes from the archive. Like I said, there's a lot of fun ones, uh, a lot of really cool ones when we first started this puppy a little over three years ago that I'm really excited to get to you guys. For those of you who may have just come on board this year or just kind of catch episodes every now and again, there's a lot of a lot of really fun episodes. Last week I had um, one that I pulled out from the archives from Mike D from Kill Switch Engage, which was a lot of fun when they were on the disarm, the descent, right right on the, the, the wave of that coming and they were touring on the Alive or Just Breathing tour, the 10-year uh, anniversary tour for that album. It was a fun conversation, so I hope you check that out if that was your first time hearing it. But while I'm getting settled, I'm going to be posting archived shows because I want to continue to give you guys episodes every week. But at the same time, while I'm learning my new position, it's going to be difficult for me to also line up new guests every single week. Um, there's a couple that I have in the works right now that I don't want to say anything about until they actually happen because I, as you guys know, sometimes you'll talk about something and then it doesn't go down and then there's disappointment and I don't want that to be the case. But I did want to give you guys a head up about heads up about my life situation for those of you who tune into the show that I will be relocating. I will be starting a new job. And while I'm starting that new job, I will be posting archived shows that are a lot of fun, very interesting listens with people from all different aspects of music and I'm excited to give those to you guys while I'm getting my feet wet in a new day area, starting a new job, finding a place to live, getting familiar with the new city. So there still will be Bombs Breakdowns episodes. I fully plan on those being once a week as I've been doing. Um, a couple weeks ago I had three interviews down in the city where I'm getting ready to move to. So that's why you, you didn't have an episode that week and then had an archived episode last week. I was also sick last week. So it's just been kind of nutty around the uh, the Bowman's Breakdown parts recently. But if you're a fan of the show, again, I humbly thank you and I want you to know that I definitely am going to have more episodes coming your way. There will be new episodes in the future, but in the meantime... For the, for the foreseeable future, I will be doing past shows while I get acclimated to my new position, get acclimated to a new city, and find find the right place to live. You know, anybody who's relocated or moved to a new city, and that kind of ties into this week's episode as well, it's a big life change, and there's, there's definitely a lot that you got to get settled, <clears throat> excuse me, while you make that transition. And I'm very excited about it. It's a positive thing. I'm, I'm happier right now than I ever have been in my life. Uh, in recent memory, and I'm just super excited about it. And and like I said, part of what's really exciting me about it is where I'm moving. There is so so much music. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still got this sinus thing going on. So that's going to be great for this podcast because I, I I can't wait to just start networking with people in in my new city and um, you know getting so many great artists from from all across the board musically to uh to be part of the podcast and and not just artists too i'm hoping to get you know um whether it's record industry people or people who have independent labels on the show as well so it's going to be fun but the transition initially means that i will be very busy so while i'm busy i still want to give you guys content i still want to keep the train rolling and uh, give you guys some fun episodes and there's a lot of really fun ones in the archive while I'm making that transition. So now that that is out of the way and I just took away four months or four minutes of your life, I do want to switch gears back to Mr. Chris Brooks of Like a Storm. If you are not familiar with this band, you soon will be because they are getting ready to embark on their first ever U.S. headlining tour, the Didgeridoo Destruction Tour, again with From Ashes to New, Stitched Up Heart, and Failure Anthem. 
The tour starts on November 6th in Flint, Michigan, not far from where I am currently recording this podcast. So please go follow Like a Storm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash like a storm official. Their website is like a storm.com. And I, really, what's cool about these guys, quick background, is I first saw these guys and I actually had to jog my memory when I was talking to Chris. I thought I'd, you know, initially with everything that's gone on this last year, I saw them last year open up for Alter Bridge when Alter Bridge was on their fortress north american world tour it was almost a year ago to date actually it was the beginning of october i want to say it was october 4th or 5th they played at the fillmore in detroit michigan an awesome venue very cool venue very old i mean i'm not super good with like architecture but it's 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 i don't know if it's gothic in there or what but i mean it's it's just a very cool place to see a show very awesome theater and this band comes on wins the crowd over and then at the end this dude busts out like this long tube during the song and just starts jamming out to it. And, and like, you're like, oh, wow, you know, and it's a didgeridoo. Go look it up. And and it, it's a big part of what they do, has been since their first album, The End of the Beginning. Uh, and, and it's just, it, it was just cool to see this band just win over this crowd. And it's something Chris and I talk about during this, this podcast about how hard it is to to do that but these guys have earned their stripes that band was like a storm and they were actually and chris and i talk about that too they played with alter bridge five years ago i had to like i said i had to kind of jog my memory a little bit because i got some years under my belt now and that was like my first year out of college and i remember the weather was just awful and me and my buddy dave who i've mentioned on the show as well we went up to uh michigan basically for the day we went up to there's a great mall called Great Lakes Crossing just north of Detroit in like the Auburn Hills area and then there were I don't know if it's still around but there's a really cool concert venue called Clutch Cargos which was like an old church that basically was converted into a concert venue and it, so it was really it was really cool it was a very intimate venue and we had seen Alter Bridge there uh, probably gosh that was 2007 2007 I want to say was the first time we saw them up there and then we saw them again in 2010 and like a storm was with them in 2010 along with taddy porter they were the supporting acts in that show and i and i remembered back i was like oh yeah that's right they were the opener for that show too so um you know we talk about that how alter bridge kind of helped give these guys these start but what's cool about it is i mentioned about me relocating and going through that chris and his brothers started this band back in 2005 it's been 10 years his brothers Matt and Kent are in the band as well. And, uh, you know, these guys are out of Auckland, New Zealand. Zach Wood is also in the band as well. I want to give a shout-out to Zach. And they're out of Auckland, New Zealand. They literally moved halfway around the world. I mean, where I'm getting ready to move to is like eight hours in the car away from where I'm from. These guys moved a 14-hour and change plane flight away from where they're from. They came to North America Vancouver to be exact when they were like in their late teens early early 20s so they could try to tour and play shows and play to more people and after busting their butts and making a name for themselves they are now getting ready to embark on their first U.S. headlining tour so it's just a really great story about resilience and persistence and these guys have really done most of it themselves pretty much I mean and and they've they've gotten a chance again to play with bands like Alter Bridge, Shinedown, uh, you know, Creed, they've gotten a chance to play festivals with like Five Finger Death Punch and Hell Yeah. I mean, so they, they've had uh, some big name support that they've gotten on the road with. But 
I'm sure those of you who, who listen to rock radio are familiar with the song Love the Way You Hate Me, which basically just exploded on the airwaves, ended up helping get them a deal with Century Media Records, who are they, they are now signed with their new album, Awaken the Fire, is out now. Please go check that out. But it's just a really cool story of persistence and resilience and making something happen. Um, you know, Love the Way You Hate Me eventually went to the top 30 in the U.S. active rock charts. They were a completely independent band when it happened, and they were the first New Zealand group to ever do that. So it's just it's just a really cool story, and Chris could not have been more down-to-earth, and uh, I wanted to be respectful of his time. So we had gone over a little bit, and I was like, man, I could talk to this dude about music forever, especially especially Chris, because he was so gracious and so cool, and, and they have such an awesome story. So without further ado, I'm going to show my big yapper. And give you guys my conversation with Chris Brooks, lead vocals and guitarist for Like a Storm. Here it is. Well, first, Chris, I just want to thank you for taking some time to do with me today, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure, dude. Thanks for spending some time with me. Absolutely. I uh, I actually I first saw you guys uh, right right about a year ago up at the uh, the Fillmore in Detroit with uh, with Alter Bridge on that tour. Oh, cool man! Yeah, we we love Alter Bridge. Uh, it's always a, a great time doing that with those guys. Yeah, that was a hell of a show, man. That was a great. That's a great venue. I love that place up there. It is. A, it, it's an incredible venue, man. Um, yeah, we've been lucky to play it enough with play it with a couple of, of different bands, you know, over the years and. Um, and I mean, doing that with Alterbridge was, you know, particularly special too, because those guys have been like such a big part of, of you know, any success we've had here, and um, taking us out on tour, and you know, uh, such an inspiring band to tour with too. Yeah, for for people who don't really know them, and what's and what's cool too is um, they're they're actually one one of my personal favorites over the years, and yeah. uh, it's taken. Me too, man. It's taken them a long time to to get the American audience to come on board. They've always been kind of huge in the UK and overseas, and it was cool because like the first couple of times me and my buddy saw them, uh, it was at this place. I'm not sure if it's up in Pontiac, Michigan anymore. It's called Clutch Cargos, and it was just kind of a little, kind of a, a club type of venue. So it was kind of cool to yeah. see them graduate from from there to go into places like the Fillmore and stuff, and having a chance to talk to Miles and, and Mark personally too, and doing doing phoners with them too. They they are really really nice guys too. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're incredible guys, man. And uh, you know, they've really done so much to help us. You know, since we first started touring here, I mean, our first tour, you know, Mark took us out on that Creed tour, and, um, you know, and just the passion, you know, they would always be talking with, with so much passion about Alter Bridge and everything they were doing, and, and, I mean, so we were so excited to tour with them the first time, that might have been 2010, 2011 for the first Alter Bridge tour, and then, so to get to do it again was, was incredible too, man. I mean, just such an amazing band, and... You know, to get to tour with a band that, that just loves what they're doing that much, and it's just so grateful to be doing it. I mean, that's just such a such an awesome thing to to see. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's great with you guys too, Chris, because uh, it, it's been ten years since you guys started this band, and here we are uh, talking today, and, and you guys are getting ready to do your first your first U.S. headlining tour. I think that's that's really cool, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's exciting. I mean. You know, obviously, three of us are brothers, so, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe 10 years playing music together doesn't 
know, I mean, we produced it ourselves and we wrote all the songs ourselves. And so, you know, we really wanted to make music that we all really believed in. So, I mean, that's, I guess, the biggest reward for us when we, you know, when we get ready to do a headline tour and everything like that. I mean, it's incredible to have any success. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're so grateful to hear our music on the radio, but to have it be music that you, you know, that you genuinely love and that means so much to us, I think that's, yeah, that's incredible. Well, and, and if we could, man, I'd love to go back to the beginning for a second, too. Uh, you mentioned you and your brothers being in this band uh, growing up in New Zealand. Um, I've never been, but I've seen pictures of it, and it's it's definitely on my places that I'd love to get to before I before I pass into the next realm. It looks beautiful. Um, what what was it like growing up there, and for for you and Matt and Kent in particular, um, growing up there and 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 eventually getting into music? Um, how how did your guys's collective love for for music come about, and what was it like coming up uh, in New Zealand across the world like that? I mean, it's a, it's such a beautiful place to grow up, you know. Um, it, it really is. I mean, there's a reason why you know they chose it for Lord of the Rings movies and everything like that. It's just like, I mean, one of the most beautiful places we've ever seen, and it's just surrounded by ocean and beaches, and so it, it's a really cool place to grow up. I mean, it's a world away from touring, you know, in a sense, because you know New Zealand is two pretty small islands and a population of four million people. So we didn't really grow up knowing bands. You know, we didn't grow up knowing touring bands or anyone who had come up and done it. So it was, um, you know, I think when you're a kid and you have, you first get hooked on music and, and these, these people from these bands are almost like, you know, untouchable. They almost don't exist in the real world. You know, there's no real link between you and them. And so it was, it was pretty crazy, man. I mean, it, it, I think, you know, the three of us started kind of learning music when we were pretty young. Our parents wanted us to, you know, at least have a musical appreciation. I, ne- I don't think they ever thought, you know, three of us would you know, enjoy a rock band and tour the other side of the world. But <laughs> they wanted us to, to enjoy it and have fun with it. So we started on piano and then... Um, you know, then I, I really wanted to play guitar, and, um, you know, so eventually my parents were like, cool, if you want to do that, and I, I took about three months of guitar lessons, I think, but, you know, what I'd learned, I don't know, on the piano, really, I mean, starting with an instrument like that, you get such a good sense of, I added it, the melody and also the rhythm, you know, the bass and the treble, both of those things, so it was really, you know, much easier for me to then go and switch to guitar. And uh, Ken and Matt actually switched from piano to drums, ironically, both of them. And um, they were the drummer in their own band, and then gradually they sort of started becoming the singer and guitarist. So, yeah, it was really cool, man. I mean, Ken joined my band. This was, you know, sort of high school band when we were just mucking around in school. And, um, and we just realized we had this great bond. And then, you know, we were looking for another guitarist to join and then we were like you know why don't we why don't we get Matt you know he can sing he can play guitar really well and just have a great connection so for you guys it was uh, it was mom and dad who really who really helped get you into music initially I mean from that point of view you know we grew up our granddad is you know really musical uh, he, he plays piano 
back was there was there a moment with the three of you guys where where it really clicked i mean you mentioned being in different bands and then and then joining together in high school was was there kind of a a show or a moment that still sticks out to you when you look back where you're like okay we're 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 going to be in a band and we're going to go for this
And when you guys were in different bands, were, were they all still kind of in the uh, like the rock and alternative and, and sort of metal realm, or were, or were they a, a lot different from what you guys are doing now? Uh, I mean, pretty much. I mean, this is basically the kind of music we've always wanted to make, you know? I mean, and that's what's really cool to get to do it now. Um, you know, I mean, there was a period, I think, when Kent was playing with a couple of friends that was more of an acoustic thing, but, I mean, that was, you know, playing with friends, and even during that process, he was still writing other music, and we were still writing other music. So, I mean, you know, I think we've gotten... I don't know, I mean, even back then, you know, we always wanted to try and push the boundaries of, you know, the rock, hard rock metal genre, that kind of thing. So we're always kind of incorporating, you know, maybe drum loops or different synth things. And we're always, you know, wanting that big rock drum sound, those big guitarists, and, um, you know, I guess a sense of melody. Over in New Zealand, is the access to, to, to the music like in the states um in american bands is it is it still just as accessible now especially online or, or was it was it a little bit harder growing up to get some of the stuff that was maybe happening overseas you know what we did what we didn't realize till we came here was um that we were only getting the bands when they were massive you know uh we would only get we wouldn't get every single you know um we would only get the bands you know, biggest biggest singles really would make their way down there, and often after after they toured everywhere else. So it was interesting to come up here and and see so many bands that had had so many singles up here, and you know we may have just got one or two from them. So so I guess that was you know that that almost made them more separate, almost more untouchable too. You know because you'd only hear one or two singles from these bands. By the time you even heard of them, you know, they were coming to New Zealand and playing shows to thousands and thousands of people. Right. And it was, and it was, you know, we were just like, how are these bands just getting so good? How do they consistently sound incredible? And, I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, I guess we, we kind of realized that we really want to come up here and tour, you know? We didn't think that when we came up here, like, we were any good or... You know, that, that we were in any way comparable to any of these bands, but we knew that, you know, we wanted to go to a place where we could play every night, you know, to, like, work on, um, I don't know, like, getting better, you know, work on eventually, like, trying to become one of those bands, and I mean that, um, not in terms of writing their songs or anything like that, but there's just a... There's a chemistry that you get when you play together every night. Right. You know, there's a, a level of, of uh, I don't know, enjoyment. There's almost a magic, I guess, that, that comes from just, as a band, just touring, you know, being exposed to so many different places, being exposed to so many different crowds. And, um, I mean, that was really what was the coolest thing about starting to tour here was, was knowing that, you know, we were getting a, yeah when i and when i look back on it too now that i now that i really jog my memory it's been it's god it's probably been at least five years ago now but you guys you guys were there with alter bridge at clutch cargos too right was it uh you and um yeah. taddy taddy porter was it on that run too yeah that was a that was a crazy show man because um 
time, which is on the west coast. And I think we had a four-day drive you know, over mountains through snow and ice. Like, Jeez. had to put chains on the van, you know, all this kind of stuff to get to that first show. And so we, you know, it was freezing. I mean, as, as you know, we're from New Zealand. We're not used to snow. We're not used to the cold. <laughs> we're not used to anything like that. And so we lift up the trailer and all our gears frozen and we're sitting in a, in a freezing van for four days. And uh, that was a hell of a way to start a tour. <laughs> Well, from what I remember, you guys still rocked it, though, that night, man. And I think that's something that's pretty pretty admirable, too, is, uh, you know, watching a band like yourself. Like, I I still tell my friends to this day, uh, you know, because I grew up loving music and then eventually being, you know, blessed enough to have the opportunity to, to write about it and to do a podcast and stuff. Um, and, I, and, I, and I always tell my buddies, like, I'm like, you know what, man? Anytime we go to a show, like I, I want to get there early. I want to see those bands that play first because you, you never know who you're going to see. And, and actually, over the years and, and just like the last, you know, eight to ten years, I mean, I've seen, uh, I saw Death Punch open up for Disturbed at Clutch Cargos. I've seen you guys open up for Alter Bridge. I saw Nothing More in, in my hometown open up for Seven Dust. And all you guys now are doing doing awesome things. Um, what What is that like for you guys, uh, you know, when you look at where you are now? To uh, to to be an opening band and just I mean watching bands I know how hard that is to not even being a musician just being a fan in the crowd how hard it is to win people over but uh, you guys have been able to do that really well man. Thanks man. I mean um, I, I don't know. I mean it's great to have a crowd that they do. You know. I mean that's certainly one of the best things about uh, playing with these bands is you know you go play to their crowd and. and you know, that's always in the back of your mind. You wonder if they're going to hate you. I mean, essentially, a lot of them are there for the main band. But it gives you such an awesome chance to... I mean, as a music fan, number one, to get to see behind the scenes of these bands that you love. I mean, that's incredible. To get to watch them soundcheck, to get to see... Just see their gear, their stage shit laid out in the venue before anyone walks through the door. I mean, that's so inspiring. You know, and then... I mean, we, when we moved to Vancouver, we started, you know, at the absolute bottom there, and we had no family or no friends there. We didn't have jobs, so we didn't have what we call, like, the renter crowd, you know, which is basically, if you're any good or not, your friends and family are going to come and see you. Right. And it's the best thing about friends and family. They come to support you. <laughs> well, if you don't have that, you can only rely on trying to be as good as you possibly can and trying to get people down to the shows. So it was cool that by the time we started touring there, we'd already had, you know, we'd already had some experience of playing to people that had never heard of you before. You know, playing to people who wouldn't come and tell you you were any good unless you were. And um, I don't know, it was always important for us, even if we were the opening band, we always wanted to give people a really good time. And we really wanted to, make it as much like a almost like a headline show as we could if that makes sense and that's why we'd try and bring out the didgeridoo we'd you know try and just make it a cool show even if it was just a 20 minute or half an hour show you know we didn't want to just go out there play a couple of songs and disappear and um you know it was it was really inspiring when we came here and we heard people like yourselves that would say you know i i thought this killer band opened up, you know, years ago, and now they're headlining. Because, you know, in New Zealand, that 
that never happened. I mean, when the when the American rock bands would come down, they wouldn't bring a support band. You know, I guess because it's incredibly expensive to fly there, so it would be, you know, a a headline band like Foo Fighters. I remember sending to Corn, and then it would be in a New Zealand local opening band. Yeah. So you never got the sense of um, bands on their way up. You know, you almost just thought that bands were born into superstardom, and that was it. So I don't know. It was really cool when we started touring here, and, and bands came to the show, and, and um, you know, they tell us, oh, I saw, you know, Alterbridge when they were opening up, and as you say, you saw Five Finger Death Punch. I mean, I guess it lets you know that it's much more of a, a community than you would have thought. And for you guys, I mean, how how old were you, Chris, when when you came over to uh, to North America? When you guys first came to New Vancouver, how long has it been now? God, um, we would have been like teenagers and very early twenties. Wow. Yeah, I think Matt Matt had, um, I think Matt left high school or you know first year out of high school or something. So. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean it was a big, it was a big change, you know, because you go from you know living at home to living you know on the other side of the world, and you don't have the support network or anything like that. But I mean, we had the three of us, you know, and that was really cool. And we had, you know, we'd have different. We had a band house up there, so we'd have different friends come and crashing with us, you know, every now and again from New Zealand. So that was really cool. But it was, um, I mean, we were, you know, it was, it was, I don't know, when we moved up there, we moved up there to two other states, you know, I mean, that was what we really, really wanted to do. We really wanted to, you know, kind of realize this vision that we had for the way that the music should sound, what the show should be like. So, you know, it was really cool just to tour with all these other bands or just to even see these other bands, get to meet them even before we started touring and just see that. They were real people, and they had been on a similar journey to us. Well, and I think that's what's cool about about where you guys are at now, too, Chris, is, is I think a lot of people, especially in today's day and age, um, even when I look at my own career, you know, after, after a couple of years, you start looking at your life, and you're going, man, is this... Is this going to happen? Is this going to work out the way that I think it's going to work out? And I and I feel like so so many of us as human beings, it seems like we're, especially now because we've got everything's instant with you know phones and iPhones and you know Galaxy or whatever. We're we're so used to we have this like constant information flow and things happen. Like I remember when I was a kid and there was a dial tone for the internet and you had like a a green bar and that would like load up and you'd be waiting for that to load now if your page doesn't load in like two seconds you're like well what's going on with this thing you know and i think it's i think it's cool that that you guys have have uh you know stayed on this path and and i think it really speaks to your determination and, and to anybody who listens to your music to just to just keep rolling with it i mean when, when you look back at um if there if there were some some low points on your journey, what 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 was it for you guys that really really made you keep going? I mean, was it just the belief in, in what you were doing? Yeah, I mean, definitely belief. Uh, maybe stubbornness and blind determination. I don't know. I mean, I think you know. I mean, any low points that we had were caused by sort of waiting on somebody else. You know, that never had. That didn't have the same urgency that we do, whether it was, you know, potential producers, whether it 
those years to develop your own thing and develop, you know, into something different. And I mean, that was kind of one of those things that really stuck with us because there is no shortcut, you know? And we've been, you know, with a lot of different bands we've toured with and we've been in meetings with different labels where they wanted you to have a hit song instantly. Chris, this, this has been awesome, man. There's just a couple more that I'll ask you before I let you go. And, and thanks again so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, when, when I read the uh, the story about Love the Way You Hate Me, it kind of it kind of bummed me out as an American because I was like, God, there we go again, just being like rude. I mean, part of the reason I hate flying is because I feel like Americans are just so rude and pushy. <laughs> and so when I read that story about people calling you guys freaks, um, I thought it was awesome that you guys turned that into a song. And I just I just kind of wanted to ask you, like, how how long after that incident were you guys just like, okay, we, we have to turn a negative into a positive here and just make this into a song? Well, I mean, instantly, and, and I mean, it's not to single out here, you know, I mean, you go to, it's, you know, you go to small town, I mean, New Zealand too, it's, it's anywhere around the world, and it's not even just small town, you know, there's a norm, uh, there's a sort of a status quo, there's a, you know, there's a common way of doing things, and often when you're different, you know, People are threatened by that or they're quick to judge you, you know? So it's definitely not. I mean, we were touring through a small town in America at the time, right? But, I mean, that could have been written about numerous places we've been through, you know, on all sides of the world. I mean, I think in, you know, for us, definitely growing up in New Zealand, we were always pretty different to all of our friends because, I mean, you know, we were into, you know, this heavy music and uh, music from the other side of the world, you know, New Zealand has quite a, has quite a, a, a British musical influence too, you know, and we were kind of always more inspired by, you know, American rock bands and that kind of thing, so it was, so, I mean, we were always kind of different in the way that we dressed and everything like that, so I think it was something that we always knew and something that we always, I don't know, we're hell-bent on, on turning into a positive, you know, one of those defining moments where it was so obvious to us how different we were and it was so obvious to us how incredible it was to be different, how incredible it was to be on this different journey. I mean, you go into a, a tiny little diner and, you know, somebody calls you a freak, but you're just passing through on this way to tour, the, tour this country you've always dreamed about touring, you know? And they're in the small town that they've always been in. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being in the small town. It's just, for us, it was our dream to see other places. For us, it was a, our dream to kind of forge our own path as much as we could. So, I guess, for 
Well, I think it's cool because now you know you guys have done the end of the beginning and and now awaken the fire. Um, you're with you're with Century Media, and you've got uh, this tour coming up. And you mentioned the Didgeridoo earlier, and I think that's awesome that uh, the tour is going to be called the Didgeridoo Destruction Tour. Because um, you guys, for for people who don't know, you guys used that at the uh, at the beginning of uh, the end of the beginning album. Um, and, and you're going to be opening up the tour in Flint, which the banana was, was like, the I think, the first station or one of the first stations to start playing Love the Way You Hate Me. How, how awesome is it to, to finally uh, to get to this point, man, and, be, and to be kicking off the tour in Flint? Yeah, it's incredible, man. I mean, it, it really, really is. Um, you know, there was a point a couple of years ago when we'd, when we'd done that first record, and, um, you know, we, we signed with a company once the record was done. We made the, that first album with two producers, uh, Mike Plotnikoff and Eagle Chorus. You're great dudes, you know, incredible like human beings and musicians. So they took us and we lived with them for like a year or two years and, and made that album. So the creative process was really good. But then we signed this album that we all really believed in. And, um, you know, we were with a label that, that came on board and they said, oh, we're going to put this label out and we're going to put all these singles out. And then it kind of, you know, never really eventuated. And that was, um, you know, our first shot. Every band has been through it, I'm sure. But, you know, feeling like your entire future, your destiny, your dream, your passion is all being roadblocked, you know, by somebody who can still get up and, and go to work, you know, in the morning. Whereas for us, I mean, if, if they're trying to keep us off tour, I mean, that's what we do. You know, we're, we've just finished an album, we're touring musicians, we need to go and tour. So, you know, that was kind of a, a process of, um, that was probably one of the first times that, you know, we really went through one of those downsides. And um, we were able to get out of that deal, luckily, and then we made... You know, we we had these fans. You know, we've been touring for a couple of years in the states. We're really lucky to have some great fans out there, and we wanted to put together some music for them, and we wanted to, you know, make an EP just so we could go out there, we could continue to tour, we could play new songs. But we never, for a second, thought that it was going to like ever end up on the radio or anything like that. So. You know, we, we just decided to produce it in ourselves and we decided to just make it in hotel rooms while we're on a on a tour. And um, so to, to have that go like that and then to have a radio station, you know, the banana and foot, just pick it up and play it, you know, and put it on. It was on like the night cage match, I think, and it ended up winning for a month straight, which was, you know, the longest of any song we'd ever had and they retired the song and I mean it, it won against tons of songs that were, were from bands that were far bigger than us and um, I mean that was incredible that was one of those moments where we, we were just like absolutely blown away that something that the three of us made something that we made not because we thought it was going to be big not because it was going to be successful just because we wanted to do it and to, to have that get played on the radio yeah that was absolutely incredible well, Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for taking more than a half hour of your time with me today, man. I, I really appreciate it. You've been incredibly oh, gracious, and uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds for you, guy, man. I mean, it was it was awesome to uh, 
to get a chance to see you guys already, and it's going to be even more fun getting a chance to see you guys as a headliner and see a longer show from you. So thank you so much, man. That was Chris Brooks from Like a Storm. Please go follow those guys on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Like a Storm official. Their website is likeastorm.com. You can also check them out on Twitter at Twitter Real Like a Storm and on Instagram at LAS underscore official. So Twitter Real Like a Storm, Instagram LAS underscore official. The website's likeastorm.com. Their new album, Awaken the Fire, is out now. And by the way, if you go to their website, we didn't even get a chance to talk about this again because Chris was so nice and I wanted to be respectful of his time. And I want to give a shout out and big thanks again to Kevin from PFA who has been so awesome in helping set up past conversations with Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge. He's A+. If you're out there, Kevin, and you actually get a chance to listen to this, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for always being cool about getting back to me and setting up these things. You're, you're great at what you do, man. I genuinely appreciate it. He set this up with Chris. He's an awesome dude. But if you click through the Like a Storm website at likeastorm.com, their new album, Awaken the Fire, you if you purchase that, you are going to be automatically entered into a contest to win a trip for two people to freaking New Zealand, which is awesome. And I'm not just saying it because Chris is on my podcast today talking about Like a Storm. New Zealand is seriously on my bucket list of places that I'd love to go to one of these days. It's right up there. Ireland, I want to see where my great-grandpa was from, where it all started on my mom's side of the family, from County Mayo, Ireland. Definitely want to go there. That's number one. New Zealand and Australia are in a tie for number two. And then three would be like, I don't know, somewhere tropical. But uh, you know, Great Barrier Reef in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland would be number one. But New Zealand's a beautiful country, you guys. It's it's an amazing place. All you Lord of the Rings fans, that's where they filmed that. But if you go to likeastorm.com, you click through to their merch store, depending on where you live. Uh, you go to their website, click through. You're automatically going to be entered into the contest to win a trip for New Zealand. Actually, check that. The the for legal reasons, this competition is can can only be for U.S. mainland. So sorry if I just got your hopes up. I apologize, but for U.S. mainland, okay, if you're in in U.S. mainland, go to likeastorm.com, click through their website, you purchase "Awaken the Fire," their new album, you'll automatically be entered into a contest to win a trip for two to New Zealand, and the winner for that will be drawn on February fourteenth, twenty sixteen, and you'll have eighteen months to plan and claim your prize for that trip to New Zealand, which I think is freaking awesome that these guys are doing that because it's such a beautiful country. And again, these guys are getting ready to embark on their didgeridoo destruction tour, their first U.S. headlining tour. They're going to be out with From Ashes to New, Failure, Anthem, and Stitched Up Heart. It's just going to be a freaking good time. And I think what's really cool is they're starting off this tour in Flint, Michigan, the Banana was the first station to really start playing Love the Way You Hate Me, and it just caught on. More dates, I'm sure, are going to be added as it goes along, but it kicks off November 6th, the Didgeridoo Destruction Tour. So it's it's just cool, man. It's it's really cool. They're also going to be doing a free tour patch, uh, tour patch to the first 100 through the door for, for this tour. So 
uh, that's that's pretty freaking cool. But these guys are awesome. So Chris, I want to thank you again so much for for taking the time to talk to me today. It was really awesome. I really appreciate it. You're a good dude, and I can't wait to see you guys as a headliner, and I mean that. But I, I did, you guys, and, and, and I've said it before on this show. I've gotten a chance to see some pretty awesome bands as openers. Nothing more has blown up in the last two years. I saw them open for Seven Dust. I saw Five Finger Death Punch open for Disturbed back in 2008 on Disturbed's Indestructible Cycle. Also on that show was who opened for them? Um Oh man, who opened for them? Um, I gotta, I gotta rack my brain right now. Uh, not Ashes Divide. Who, who opened? It was Disturbed, Five Finger Death Punch, Art of Dying, Art of Dying. They opened for for uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Disturbed on that show. Um, I, Akaro, I, I, they're an awesome band. Uh, they, they're no longer because the lead singer uh, had twin daughters and he wanted to take care of his family, which is awesome. Um, but their album, please go check that out. Mike D from Killswitch Engage actually did the artwork for Acaro. ACARO, I saw them open for Killswitch Engage along with Shadowsfall. I mean, uh, God forbid, I saw open for Five Finger Death Punch. So go to these shows early, you guys. Don't be one of those people that's like, oh, I'm only here to see the headliner because you never know when you're going to see one of those bands, you know? And Like a Storm was one of those bands for me. And it started, man, five years ago now. 2010 was the first time I saw them. So I can't wait to see what these guys do moving forward. And and, and really, like I said, there's so many other things that, you know, I, I wanted to be respectful of Chris's time and, and the time that I was allotted for, for the interview. So I didn't, I didn't want to go over and, uh, you know, keep him forever, especially with how gracious he was already giving me more than a half hour of his time. But these guys have some incredible music videos as well, which I think is really cool, you know, in terms of being a DIY band. They're really doing it all from recording, recording while they're on the road. You know, that's how Love the Way You Hate Me came about, as you guys heard. And and just hitting the ground running. I just think it's a it's a really good story about resilience, you know. And, and like I said, it's kind of cool that it ties in even with, with my own life, you know, this episode about me relocating to continue to pursue my dreams and give myself a better opportunity moving forward in my life. You know, and, and you know, there you know, I've had a few people close to me ask me, you know, are you nervous? And and my answer has been no. And that's because I'm just so excited after years of hard work. To, to be getting into a situation that I feel like is really going to be a positive change for me and a positive move for me, not only physically but mentally and spiritually in my life. I'm just so excited about it, and I just think it's going to be a good thing all the way around. But when you do think about it, you know, for, for any of you guys out there who are struggling in your lives, and, and we all do, you know, nobody has a perfect life. You know, people that you look up to who you think, oh, man, they have all this money and whatever, trust me, they have daily struggles just like you do, if not worse, because sometimes problems can be magnified with money when you make more of it. But it's like, like I said, where I'm moving is roughly 500 miles away from where I grew up, where these guys moved initially to pursue their dream of music is a 14 hour and change plane flight from New Zealand, where they're from to Vancouver. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you're, you're literally flying across the South Pacific into the North Pacific to the Northwest part of North America. That's a huge move. And look at where they are. And they didn't give up after two years. They didn't give up after three years. Ten years later, after starting this band, they have their first U.S. headlining tour. And they're the first band from their country to do a lot of things. 
and I just think it's awesome. And granted, for some of you skeptics out there, you might be saying, yeah, but for every Like a Storm, there's a million bands who don't make it. I know, but you know what? The fun is in the journey, and there's probably a lot of bands who didn't make it, but they might have other careers now that are doing well, or they might have networked with people that they met along the way, and if they didn't make it as their band, maybe they're in other bands, or they have other careers in music, and you don't know about that. You know what I mean? So if this if this podcast can serve as anything today, it's just continue to take steps forward in the right direction in your life, you know? All of us know when it's time to make changes. All of us know when when something feels right or it doesn't feel right. And I think this speaks to the power of belief and resilience and working hard at your craft. It this didn't happen for like a storm by accident. You know, they worked hard on their music. They make the music that they want to make, and it just so happened that it connected with a lot of people. But they had people give them a chance to make that happen. The Banana in Flint, Michigan, was one of those stations. And it's helped spurn what is now they're going to be their first U.S. headlining tour, the Didgeridoo Destruction Tour. So thanks again to Chris Brooks. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Again, follow these guys on Facebook at Like a Storm Official. Follow them on Twitter as well at Real Like a Storm and on Instagram at LAS underscore official and their website likeastorm.com for all you U.S. listeners. Pick up a copy of their new album, Awaken the Fire, on their website, and you will automatically be entered into a chance to win a trip for two to New Zealand, which is really, really, really freaking cool. And once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Ballman. You can check out the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe there and download the Podbean app on your phone if you have an iPhone or an Android phone and listen to all those episodes. Another really good app that I like for all kinds of podcasts is Podcast Addict, and my show is on there as well. And on that note, I will say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Thanks again for listening. Peace.